welcome everybody to the Magic Beans podcast. We are back again for episode number 61. I am your host tonight and my name is Shorty and I have just a couple of beans on the line with me. Tonight I have Chewy. How's it going mate? I'm well, how are you? I'm pretty good and also have Cracker. How's it going Cracker? I'm very good, thanks buddy. Good to hear. This is uh, technically the first episode of the year, so I guess we're saying Happy New Year to everybody. Hey, Happy, happy New Year. Year. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's pretty happy to see 21, 2020 behind them, I'm sure. Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 As soon as you cross that, uh, you know, 1st of January, the, the the year is just so much better. It's uh, <laughs> that arbitrary line that we've crossed. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> COVID just ended like that and yep. the world went back to normal. We've got magic tournaments and all sorts of stuff. So, first GP coming up <laughs> in 2030. Pretty pumped by that. Uh, Let's go. Yeah, very good. All right, cool. So, as uh, as I always say every episode, we have a ton to talk about. This week is 100% no exception. We have a huge amount of things to talk about. And, uh, yeah, first of all is that we actually all caught up over the Christmas break. All of the beans, all of us in person, live together. That was that was interesting. Is that the first time we've had, like, everyone in I the one so. place? I think yeah. it might be. I think, like, every other time we've had people, like, missing or passing in the night kind of thing. Anyway, yeah. Yeah, even, Blast, even Blaster Boy was there, which oh, is a rare treat. Shout out to Blaster Boy. He did, uh, through our meeting that we had, he did commit to streaming this year. <laughs> is that like when he committed yes. to going to his LGS? You <laughs> <laughs> got out of that one, didn't you, buddy? <laughs> all, all talk Blaster Boy over there, yeah. Yeah, he also committed to doing some commentary and, and things like that. So, uh, Blaster Boy, I'm, I'm sure you'll be listening to this. You, it's been put out there in the wild world of the internet and it's uh, recorded. So you are committed to doing these things this year. You've got a whole year to get on there and, and get them done. So It's on the internet, so it must be true. 100%. All right. So, yeah, as I said, we did have a big catch-up and a big meeting. We had our what we termed our annual general media, <laughs> AGM. It's uh, coming from sport clubs and, and things like that. It sounded very official, way more than it was. Yeah, I mean, well, we had we had uh, an agenda and everything. It was. Oh, Cracker uh, had a thing up on the TV. We did, yeah, like, we, yeah, had, yeah. It was all I've pretty got professional. And, and had a report from Chewy and all sorts of stuff. So. We've got a treasurer now, and yeah, <laughs> <laughs> got to got to work out how to hand out those beans, man. <laughs> <laughs> we exactly, have an official, exactly. an official beans counter. <laughs> 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 so good. Oh dear! That's the, going, what the are first Chewy joke of 2021 wasn't made by Chewy. Wow! <laughs> Give it a minute. <laughs> okay, all right. Yes, yeah, so we're already way off track, and we do have a lot of things to go through. So yeah, we did uh, did have a big planning meeting, which was uh, a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, we'll be sort of going through a little bit tonight on some of the things we discussed in our plans for 2021. But yeah, safe to say they are pretty big. We've got a lot of things going on with that. And yeah, the first thing off that we want to talk about is we're welcoming back Josh and Pat's MTG Bazaar as our official sponsor. So if you listened to us last year, you would have heard us spruiking their uh, awesome Facebook auction site. And yeah, we'll be doing that plenty more again this year, but that allows us to put on the awesome events that we put on and uh, have some sweet prizes for all you people out there. So yeah, go and check them out. Jump onto Facebook, just search for Josh and Pat's MTG Bazaar and you'll find their auction group. Join the group and yeah, get in and grab yourself some absolute bargains. And they just did a big, big giveaway. I know, Chewy, you watched uh, Pat Huge. with his live stream. 
Yeah, six boxes of Commander Legends just yeah. given away. Like, it's epic. <laughs> so uh, that's the sort of stuff that you just get in on with uh, Josh and Pat. So not only do you get, like, nightly multiple lot auctions and pick up those bargains, but, you know, Pat is, like, a ridiculously generous guy and just throws stuff out there. So uh, do yourself a favour and like the Josh and Pat's uh, Facebook page because it's all upside. Absolutely. All right. So- and tell them that the beans sent you. Yes, do not forget that. Make sure that uh, that they know that you've come from us and uh, hopefully they feel like we're worth our money and will continue sponsoring us for quite a long time. That would be very nice. Thanks, Pat. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, the other things we, we spoke about, we will be continuing with the podcast, continuing the podcast full stop. Yes, that's, that's, uh, that's definitely something we're planning for 2021. But we'll be continuing in much the same uh, format that we did last year. With the uh, the fortnightly episodes such as this, where uh, you know we go through the news and the new sets and and whatever else is going on in the world of Magic at the time, any tournaments that we're playing, anything that's coming up, that'll be our usually fortnightly episode, and then our uh, alternate fortnight will be the uh, continuation of the Evergreen series. We did thank you to all the people who uh, filled out our survey. We got a whole bunch of new topics that uh, that people want to hear us talk about and we'll be able to do quite a few of those in the evergreen series as well as a bunch of stuff we we didn't get to last year so keep an ear out for that Uh, and then we'll do the occasional sort of focused episode if there's something specific we want to have a deep dive on whether it's uh, the current state of a format or or a deck or or something like that that uh, that's going on we'll be getting into those on those alternate weeks the other thing we're planning on doing a fair bit more is streaming. So, as we said, Blaster Boy is going to get on there eventually, but the aim is that we would like to have at least one stream going per week. So, I think between all of us, we should be able to commit to to at least getting one person on stream each week. Make sure that uh, the beans are out there and being visible. And if we get more than one, then then that's even better. So, that's a few of the sort of quick notes. The uh, I guess the thing we spent probably the most time talking about and we mentioned it last year is the magic beans tournament series that sounds very official (laughs) does sound very official cracker you got got any idea what that is uh no 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 (laughs) it's our leagues we we've we've kind of as we said last year when we we ran the leagues they were kind of a, a haphazard thing that we put together and we we refined the process as we went along and we've really kind of Streamlined it even more now. So we've got it planned with four leagues again for 2021, but this year we've actually got them aligned with set releases coming up. So the Kaldheim release is coming up shortly, which will be the starting point for our first league. So they will all be standard, as we talked about previously. Uh, we figured that was probably the most, the easiest way for everyone to, to be involved. And, you know, the standard metagame gets a nice shakeup. Uh, and then we'll continue with doing some other things. But, I mean, it's going to feed into our Envy again, which we're planning on running at the end of the year. So mm. it's a tournament series, boys. It's exciting. <laughs> yeah, and the, the it'll be a similar structure to our previous leagues where, you know, there'll be group stages essentially and, and qualify for finals and, and we'll do our sort of big event streaming events on that with, with commentary from the Beans. Uh, but... Uh, one of the things I'm excited about is, you know, with our commitment to do more streams, what we're going to try and do is uh, through our Discord, if you're in, uh, in in our league, we will do our regular weekly stream, but we'll commentate on some of the league matches. So, mm-hmm. you know, you can just, you know, play half a dozen league matches in a, in a, in a night and, you know, you'll have us 
you know, commentating on your match, which is uh, pretty fun as well. So it uh, it helps us uh, get that those streaming numbers up as well as gives everybody in our leagues a chance to, you know, even if you're not making finals, uh, you still have a chance to, you know, be in that spotlight. And, yeah, get, and, get a chance and, to play on stream and get, get famous. Become yeah, an influencer. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> One of my favourite things. So, Got to get yeah. those clout points, boys. We're yeah. way down on those. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I think there was, uh, there was some discussion about having some guest commentators as well. Exactly. Yeah. And there's, there's a few people I know are very keen on that. So, uh, yeah, there's, there's a few people that have been sort of mainstays of the Beans community uh, and maybe some other special guests from the broader magic community might be able to rope in to help us out with that. So that should be really fun just to not only put the spotlight on some people that uh, are going to play some matches, but also some people that are going to commentate on them as well. That's pretty cool. I, I mean, mm. I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah, for yep. sure. I think one of the coolest changes that we're making, or we're, I guess we're making official, was, was a little bit unofficial last year, but... The uh, the beans not being eligible for finals or invitational points or or prizes in the in the group stage uh, is is another thing. So, it what that means is that we can actually try as hard as we possibly can and still lose. <laughs> Back uh, can still end up with a wooden spoon. <laughs> hey now, <laughs> no, exactly. Dude, look, what that it gives means us a is chance we... to actually play like play properly and play hard and you know give give everybody a chance to try and actually beat us. And I guess at the end of it, sort of figure out who the the ultimate bean is. Yeah, because there'll be the league ladder that everyone will be able to see in Challenge, but in the background is the beans ladder, right? <laughs> and and that's the one we're really interested in, right? Yeah, so yeah. it's like, oh, you know, like Hemsey topped his league again. That's fine. But, you know, Chewie's only two points behind Cracker. <laughs> who's 15 <laughs> points ahead of Shorty. So, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be... It's gonna, there's going to be some bants. There's going to be some banter. I mean, I'm looking forward to that too. Yeah, it should, should be good fun. We'll, we'll probably... We'll be trying to stick with the similar structure as we had the last time with ideally one bean per group so we can sort of keep keep our groups going. Oh, yeah, we're we still can, having captains, right? Yep, yeah, yep, yeah, all that sort yeah. of thing. So. And we'll still live stream the, the league draws and things like that as well. Because yep. that's just fun. <laughs> it's like the most bean thing ever. Uh, it's good. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, the, obviously, there's going to be a whole bunch of finer details. We're going to be much stricter. Stricter? Stricter? <laughs> I can't speak tonight. It's been that long since I've podcasted. We're going to be much stricter on people actually finishing their matches yeah, in a timely fashion. Uh, you know, obviously, one of the big things with our leagues is the group stage is meant to be that people can play it on their own schedule. That's That's one of the draw cards for it, but... We don't want people getting into awkward situations where they're trying to organise their matches and their opponents just keep putting them off. So we're going to be a little bit stricter on that, have some some definite rules around that um, that will incur game losses if uh, you know there's no communication and things like that. So You had me at draw avoid. cards. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, as, as Shorty said, all of the, the details on that will be in the league rules. Uh, yep. So... You know, we won't go into the minutiae of that tonight, but uh, the the Kaladesh League will be up with the Kaladesh set release. And uh, so, yeah, make sure you read those to, and fully understand that. So we just, yeah, we want to avoid any awkward situations where people are yeah trying to chase an opponent who hasn't been online for a few days. Uh, and, uh, yeah, just sort of bringing that, that structure, I guess. 
And so, Cracker, you said we're having four leagues that mm-hmm. are aligned with the set releases. What are we doing between the leagues? Well, we'll continue with one-day events, which we actually have one coming up soon. Mm. A historic one-day event. So we've done these a couple of times last year, and you know we'll change the format based on on what's going on. They'll probably not be standard. I think we'll probably mostly do historic. Yeah, I think so. And if we can work out a good way to do limited, let us know. I'm well, sure we will we'd... cross our fingers when <laughs> maybe maybe one day there'd <laughs> be a way to do to that. Do you know, draft with your mates. Um. Anyway, so, yeah, wizards, so gonna... wizards, if you're listening, if you can. Figure out a way to do Moto Cube, but yeah, okay. Like, let's let's not get too carried away here. <laughs> let's just start with a historic one-day event uh, instead. How good would it be to cube with all our mates though? It oh, would be, be, be amazing. Would be amazing. But let's make just have it, like a spectator wizards. mode on arena first. You know. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. Baby steps. Uh, so the first one is coming up in just what three weeks? Saturday the sixth of February, starting at eleven a.m. A E D T S F. I don't know whatever those letters mean. <laughs> Australian Melbourne Eastern, time. Melbourne time. That's right. Australian Eastern Daylight Time. Exactly. Um, yes. So, best of three historic Swiss, and there'll be some prizes. So, yeah, yeah similar to what we've done in the past, uh, but this time you will actually get points towards the envy, which is different to what we've done in the past. So, I think there's going to be some scaling based on the number of competitors. Yeah. So yeah, the that's, more, the that's, more, that's the, the big change. The more people that play, the more points available. So get on this it. This is actually a massive announcement, right? Yeah, it's really good. Yeah. So, uh, you know, our, our one day events, we've had, you know, small to medium numbers come, but I think, you know, it's a, like always, it's going to be a free event with prizes. Pretty great. Uh, but yeah, with envy points on the line, and we saw, the bottom half of the the top eight of the Envy last year was pretty tight. So the difference between making the Envy or not may actually be these events. So uh, it's uh, it's huge and it's a, a big addition to our tournament series, I think. So I'm pretty excited by that. Yeah, for sure. And if you're a historic specialist and you don't play as much standard, it gives you a chance to kind of, you know, just rack up a few free, in quote, points because, you know, it's the thing you're particularly good at. So it's nice that we give people the chance to do that without having to you know, run a whole league in it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if we get somebody who qualifies for the Invitational and the majority of their points have come from the one-day events. So more options and more avenues to uh, to get into the Invitational. Uh, one other thing we didn't mention is that the winner of each uh, league will get a direct invite straight into the Invitational. So... Yeah, another reason to be uh, getting into our events and playing because uh, yeah, you get you you want to win that win that first league, get lock in that invite for the envy, and uh, yeah, get to the big event at the end of the year. So well, we've already got a competitor for it. We've we do. Got, yeah. We've already got Hemsy the end boss sitting there ready to go. He's just we he's announced got- that on the envy stream that yep, Hemsy, the reigning champion from the the twenty twenty Magic Beans Invitational, is automatically qualified for the Invitational for twenty twenty one. Uh, and one thing is we are expanding the Invitational. It will be 12 players qualifying for the Invitational. Uh, so that'll be Hemsey, the four winners of the leagues, and then the top seven people from the ladder, obviously, with uh, anyone who's qualified already, their invitation will pass down. So plenty of opportunity to qualify for the Invitational. It's going to be a massive event, and it's going to be a big year with all of our tournaments. The first league, the Kaldheim League, will kick off on the 19th of February with a live draw as we've done in the past. And yeah, this first historic event is on Saturday the 6th of Feb. So 
the events for those will go up on Challenge uh, probably once this podcast goes out. So you'll be able to jump onto our Challenge page and uh, register on there. And obviously all the details and that will get posted in our Discord. So get on there, get registered, and uh, yeah, get into our events. Play as much as you can in our tournament series. And we you will hopefully make it to the invitation at the end of the year. So it should be good fun, I reckon, guys. Yeah, looking forward to battling against everyone again, for sure. And I mean, everything we've said is huge and really exciting. And one thing that can get lost in uh, everything that we've just said is the core of free to enter with prizes. So, I mean, that alone uh, is uh, is enormous and we'll continue that for as long as we possibly can, uh, thanks to, you know, people like Josh and Pat's and, and the Magic community. But... Uh, you know, there is going to be more magic to be played uh, through the beans, through our Discord, through our leagues, through these events. And uh, not only can you, you know, rock up and just get absolute value from just playing magic, but yeah, leading into that end of year event is just huge. So uh, yeah, really stoked to be able to uh, to bring something like this uh, to our, you know, our, our, our little community. So Get on it. Tell your friends. That's 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 where I'm getting at. Like let's uh, let's get more and more people involved and make these leagues as uh, as big and as exciting as we possibly can. Let's make yeah. them as hard as, as possible for yeah, me to run correct. again. We, we we spend a lot of time <laughs> with the leagues in deciding the structure in terms of like how we should actually run yes, them given scalable given the structure. nature and, and being able to scale them. So we think we've come up with the best we can for the way we run them. Like it's <laughs> yeah. a lot easier if you do them as a Swiss, but obviously then that really limits the way that we like to be able to engage with everyone and let people, you know, like we like to be able to sit down and stream and, you know, like play three or four people who are just like, yeah, I'm ready. Let's go. I don't want to have to say, Oh, I sorry. I can't play you until I've played this person. Right. Like the free flowing nature of the, the initial league is a, a real benefit to, to all of us. So we're not looking to change it. So it does make some of the logistics a little more tricky from our side, but I mean, honestly, it's a problem we kind of look forward to having. <laughs> yeah, Shorty and, and having. <laughs> yeah, we, we all of us other beans really look forward to Shorty having this problem. Correct, so get correct. on board with that because uh, that alone is like we're already winning. So it's good. Yeah. Uh, all right. <laughs> so Shorty, if you can just put all that in the show notes, yeah, yeah that would be great. <laughs> <laughs> no, we will uh, we will release the actual <laughs> yes, official rules within the next couple of weeks. Uh, yeah, so you can register, jump in our Discord if you're not in there already, and then have a read of those. To make sure it all makes sense to you, and you're you're all good with that. Um, you know, if you if you're a, a budding tournament organizer out there, and you've got some crazy system that we haven't thought of, then uh, by all means hit us up and let us know. Maybe we can look at uh, at that for next year. But we think we've got a system that will work for us for this year, and we'll see how we go from there. And once we get a thousand people in each league, then we'll have to, you know, work it out. But yeah, I don't know. That's that's um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we'll work it out then. That'd be a good problem to have. But yes, yeah, I'll, yes, be, I'll would. be very happy to have that problem. I'll figure it out then. All right. So we've mentioned it a couple of times. There is this new set, Caldheim. So I think we spoke about a couple of cards. We did right at the end of last year. Yeah, they, we they talked about those. Kaya. Yeah. And, something and, and a couple other things. The the dwarf Magda, I think. Yeah, that's the one. Yep. But uh, Wizards kicked off their preview season at the start of January, and uh, yeah, it's been going nuts. There's a, there's a lot of cards that have been previewed now. Uh, almost all of them, actually. I think the the full set will be previewed probably by like within the next few days or maybe next week, which is cool. But uh, before we get into some of the cards we want to talk about, we're going to have a look at the mechanics of uh, of Kaldheim. So. 
This set is coming out in a couple of weeks, 5th of Feb. So, uh, yeah, we probably want to uh, actually talk about how you play it and the different things. There's some cool mechanics in here. So, Cracker, you're usually our, uh, our mechanics person. You want I to am. Uh, give us a yeah, run so, through Yeah, so we've, uh, we've, we've got a these? bunch. Um, maybe let's just quickly run through some of the returning mechanics because yeah. uh, we can kind of knock those out of the way quickly. We have got double face cards again. So we've got the rest of the pathway lands. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, which is yeah, great. I think we spoke like, about them the last time. Everyone expected that. I think we had seen those already. We also now have got different modal double face cards. So like we saw with the lands, we've now got things like Halvar, God of Battle, which I'm pretty sure we talked about yeah. last time as well. So you've got like a, a god on one side and then an equipment on the other They've got different casting costs. They have different effects. Pretty so straightforward by modal, ones. by modal, you mean you can select as you play it which side you Correct. play it on. So yes, traditionally, exactly right. traditionally with double face cards, it's been once you've met a certain condition, you can flip the card. Where this one, you actually select as you play the card, as you play the land or cast the spell. Correct. Right, so that, that's a that's a change, and that's uh, that adds a lot of flexibility. I, I really like the, that design space. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it works really nicely. So there are a couple of new mechanics that they're introducing here. So the first one is called Fortel. So Fortel is a different cost to a card. So the, the example they've got here is a card called Behold the Multiverse. It's three and a blue for an instant. It says scry two, then draw two. Okay, I'm in. Inspiration. It, yeah. It also says Fortel for one and a blue. So it, the rest of the text is, during your turn, you may pay two and exile this card from your hand face down. Cast it on a later turn for its foretell cost. So the actual cost of this card is still three and a blue, but it's paid over two turns. Now, there's there's a couple of really important things about foretell. And the most important thing is that you can't pay the two to p exile it face down and cast it on the same turn. So yeah, sometimes it has to be on a later turn. It it has to be on a subsequent turn because you're foretelling, right? That's the whole th the yeah. whole point of it is that it's you're it's telling a thing the future. You're telling exactly. You're, you're predicting the next turn. So you, even though you might get like a cost reduction for things, you, you can't go. Well, I'm going to foretell this creature and then I will, you know, flip it up immediately, like you could with morph, for example, or mega morph, because you know that was a thing. But yeah, so that's that, that's one of the key things to note there. Um, it is on both creatures and uh, instants and sorceries. It doesn't change the timing of when you can cast cards. You can't foretell a creature at instant speed unless it has flash. You can't cast a sorcery foretold uh, as an instant like all the normal. Well, I think all of the foretell mechanic itself says during your turn you can foretell it. But yeah, no, you no, no, can't no. Then... It says you can cast it on a later turn for its foretell cost because you have instants like Behold the Multiverse. Yeah. Yeah. Is an yeah, instance. So it you still can... follows the normal casting restrictions. Yeah. Correct. That, Correct. So you can so you can, you know, play Behold the Multiverse on turn four vid for two mana and then you hold up two for a counter spell or a bounce spell or something like that. And if they don't do anything, then you get to, you know, foretell in their end step and and scry two, draw two. Yeah, it's basically it's morph. Morph for spells. Kind of, yeah. Spells. yeah, it's, cl but it's, it's close. But it is creatures as well. Yeah. The the other really important thing is is it's face down. So this yeah, is so your opponent doesn't know what it is. Hidden information. Yeah. Yeah. Which is different to the way that a lot of exile works. Mostly when you exile cards, particularly from a graveyard or from a library, they are face up. It's um public information. But in this case it's hidden information, which is important because there is literally a counter spell yeah. that you can we'll, foretell. We'll get to that one. 
Um, okay. Can I talk about Behold the Multiverse specifically for just one well, second? This, this was a card that was on my list to, to talk about. Oh, well, about, shorty, so sorry. Oh, I just okay, talk, you, you I, go, because I'm, I'm actually pretty excited about this card. But before Let's we go. do, just like a, a question on Fortel, and I've mm -hmm. just sort of read through the rule stuff on it. It says during your turn you may pay two and exile this card from your hand face down. It doesn't anywhere or in any of the rules say that that is a sorcery speed thing. No, that's right. So any time so in your you turn could, that you so have you, priority, could go, you can do this. Yeah, so you could go... It, it actually says any time during your turn. Yeah. So you can go like, okay, I'm going to pass the turn with four mana up. You know, if, if your opponent tries to do something in your end step, you can then foretell it or you can have mana for another counter spell or something like that, potentially. Yeah, if there's, uh, say, I, it's, an, it's an activated some... ability that makes someone discard a card, right? Hypothetically, you know, sacrifice this thing, target opponent discards a card. Uh, if they do yeah, that you on can, your end step, yep, you can, re you can respond in response. by foretelling. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, like yeah. there's going to be weird corner cases where you're going to want to actually foretell it at instant speed. So that that is something interesting to yeah, to to pay attention to. But yeah, this this card specifically. So we've had this card before in Kaladesh. We had Glimmer of Genius, which was three and a blue instant scry two, draw two cards, and then you get two energy. So obviously in Kaladesh, the energy was was pretty good. This is the same card. Three mana, three blue, scry two, draw two cards. But yeah, like like Cracker said, that that ability to have four mana and go, okay, foretell this and then hold up negate or essence scatter or, or whatever your counter spell of choice is, or potentially the other card that we'll, we'll talk about soon, is pretty good. You get to the end of your opponent's turn, they didn't cast anything you want to counter. Okay, well I'll just pay the other two, scry two, draw two cards. Um, or having the option just to pay the the full amount for it, it's it's pretty good. You can also like with the foretell cards, you can play them a turn early um, when you have this discount because you can on turn two you can foretell it, and then that means on turn three you can actually cast the spell. Whereas normally you wouldn't be able to cast it until you had the four mana. So and that's the point I wanted to make with this one with a uh, in a in a control deck where uh, normally you want that draw spell to you know keep up with the cards if you're you know playing one-to-one -one counter spells or removal where this you know the your opponent may not play anything on turn three so you don't have to cast your you know whatever the three minute counter spell of choices in standard at the, at the time or an essence scatter or whatever then you can yeah a turn earlier get your scry to draw two and you just pull ahead by a whole turn mm. potentially so it's actually uh, in the context of standard, this card's actually, I think, is going to be really impactful. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure I'm going to put a copy of this in my pauper cube. It's, uh, I hope so, because I'll draft it. Please so do. Pretty, pretty cool. <laughs> and it's pretty cool art, too. I quite like that art. It look, would actually look good in foil. It would, yeah, for sure. Most cards would, Shorty. You just don't pay enough attention. <laughs> all right, that's all, that was all I had on that. Uh, right. Cracker, what's the, uh, what's the next mechanic? The next mechanic is called Boast. And... The example they've got here is a car called Varagoth Blood Sky Sire. So cool it is name. a very cool it's, name. It's a very cool name. Very sweet art. Lots of really cool art in this set, by the way. The whole mm. like metal inspired thing. It's they've they've done a good job, and particularly with the um alternate arts. But anyway, uh, you can pretty much pull any art from this set, put a band name on it, and it could be a, an album cover. <laughs> yeah, <correct. laughs> so they've yep. done well in that sense. For sure. Uh, so this one is two and a black for a two, three with death touch. And then it has a bonkers activated ability of boast for one and a black. And it says 
target player searches their library for a card, then shuffles their library and put that card on top. We've seen Activate- that before. <laughs> yes, we have. It's Vampiric Tutor or <laughs> um, Imperial Seal. But uh, it is also boast abilities uh, can only be active. So it says only activate this ability if this creature attacked this turn and only once each turn. So the timing is interesting because as soon as you declare it as an attacker, you then can activate the boast ability. It doesn't have to survive combat or do anything like that. Two, three death touches, you know, it's going to be likely to survive. But the fact that you get to, you know, Imperial seal every turn seems pretty good. So you probably won't get to keep it for very long, but that's beside the point. Um, there are lots of different abilities that are on boast. So there are things like you can activate a, a boast ability and make people sacrifice. There's, there's a whole swathe of different things that it will do. But the important thing is that unless your creature has haste somehow, either inherently or you give it haste, that can't do it on the turn it enters because it has to be declared as an attacker. And so then, like, unless you've got some way of, like, removing it from combat or whatever, then it's in there because it's boasting about how good it is at the fighting that it's been doing because it's, you know, a Viking set. (laughs) I really like, like, those two abilities are just so on theme. Yeah. Like the foretell, you know, telling the future, scrying, all that sort of stuff. Like, that's very much on theme. And then the boasting, like you said, it, it is literally, like, they go into combat, they're attacking, and then they get to like boast about, yeah, I did this and I chopped this guy's head off and, and all that sort of stuff. Like, I, it's I just, just like the idea so of them good. running in, boasting about how much they're going to kill everyone, yeah. and then the creature just dying immediately <laughs> to something. But- yeah, like like you said, the good thing with this is as soon as they've been declared as an attacker, you can use this ability. So even if your opponent removes your creature, you can still respond to that and activate the boast ability. So it's, it's something to keep in mind. If your opponent has a creature with boast and you don't want them to be able to use that ability, you need to kill that creature before kill they it declare the main it phase. as an attacker. Yeah, yeah, kill it at the end of their main phase or beginning of combat before they've been able to um, declare it as, atta- as an attacker because as soon as it's been assi- declared as an attacker, they can activate that ability and they'll still get the value from it. And what I like about that is, you know, like things like 2-3 death touch bodies are not, you know... Um, insignificant you know yeah. they can take down a, a bigger creature so not only can you potentially trade up in mana because if i've got a you know i don't know like a questing beast right and you attack uh varagoth into that i i'm gonna throw questing beast in front of it Other, otherwise you're gonna get this ability every turn so you're spending five mana uh dealing with my best creature and uh casting imperial seal so it's just all upside. So I this mechanic is is cool for all the reasons that you mentioned, but it's also really really powerful. Uh, and you know all of the different effects, there's enough of them to find homes in so many decks. And like this guy, if I'm playing limited and I land this guy turn three on the play in a in a limited deck, then I'm gonna just find a removal spell every single turn, and this guy's just gonna keep attacking. <laughs> Because, uh, you know, he's in black, right? So I'm going to have removal. Uh, yeah, this guy can definitely take over the game in limited 100% and potentially in constructed as well. So uh, I, I, as a minimum, see this guy finding a home in the sideboard. I'll explain to you offline, Shorty, what a sideboard is, uh, in, in standard. <laughs> so, yeah, this, this card's really good. It's it- also a rogue. 
Ooh. Oh, it is too. It mm. is. Hello. Interesting. Doesn't have flash. But yeah, it doesn't matter. It, it is a rogue. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, so, a couple of other things that are returning. One that I forgot to mention before, Sagas. Sagas yep. are back. Sagas are awesome. We're all big fans of this card design. Yeah. There's some really good looking ones in this set. Some really powerful effects. Uh, obviously, every saga instantly makes Yorion better, which is a thing that just needed to happen. <laughs> but they are yeah, he needed, kind of, needed to boost that guy. Yeah. Did you know? He just yeah. didn't see much play. It's not. Yeah. It's not very. Not not a very good card. They're kind of the fixed planeswalkers. A lot of people say, but yeah. however you perceive them, they're back and they're great. I am really excited about one in particular, which is binding the old gods. Uh, it uh, it's two black green. Saga, uh, and the first one is, uh, yeah, destroy target, non-land permanent and opponent control. So four mana, kill a planeswalker, kill an enchantment, kill their best creature, whatever it might be. That's a pretty good rate anyway uh, for standard. I, I, I like it. It's it's pretty good. And then uh, you get to then either search up a triome or one of the spiffy new snow jewels with the search your library for a forest card, put in the uh, play tapped and shuffle your library. And then uh, way less excited about uh, my creatures gaining death touch, but I've blinked it with Urian by then anyway. So uh, <laughs> yeah, it's not, but yeah, not quite I, as good of a way to finish the saga. But yeah, yeah, a bit of a um, you know, oh, we've we've all seen movie trilogies where the you know the ending is uh, <laughs> the third act can can kind of be a bit of a letdown sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'm, well, I'm sure kind of over it. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. But uh, you know. I'm going to then, you know, give my creatures death touch and then I'm going to cast this again with, uh, with Muldrother in play or, uh, you know, in, in Commander. This is pretty amazing in limited and it's uncommon. So like kill anything, uh, get another land, uh, death in limited. This is more relevant. The creatures control, uh, gaining death touch. But yeah, this is, this is a instant four of it's not it's not legendary so you can you know have them going multiple times with uh with urian as well so i would be really surprised if this wasn't a four of in uh in in standard so and you know it's just i don't know like i've played a lot of the rock over my magic career and and this this feels very much like the rock uh that that sort of mid-range board control deck uh that uh you know just beats up on creature decks Oh, you yeah. mean those things that haven't been good in Magic for five years now? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. But this this card appeals <laughs> sorry, on that necessarily. Sorry, but I think it's, this no, is look, actually it's, good, though. It's, it's, it's it, great in that archetype. I just, I mean, that archetype, unfortunately, hasn't been viable for a while. No, uh, but it also, it's good in other Siege Rhino. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember when people wanted Siege Rhino banned? I mean, it's a good card. It's a very good card. Yeah. Those I were the days. Had, they, yeah. Anyway. Shorty beat me up with Siege Rhino and Cube over the uh, over the holiday break. So, it's yeah. excellent card. So, Chewie, yeah. you, you mentioned in uh, in that uh, yeah. Snow Jewel Land. Krakow, what on earth is he talking about? Uh, what is a Snow, snow. Jewel Land? <laughs> well, Snow is a returning mechanic. Um, so, you now have Snow as a subtype. Or, a, sorry, a super type. Uh, they can super be found type. on all yeah. different types of cards. So... You will now have Snow-Covered Island, which is a basic Snowland Island that also, as Chewie mentioned, includes a full suite of Snow Jewel Lands that can be fetched with things that can fetch things like Woodland Chasm, 
which is a snowland swamp forest. It adds black or green and it says woodland chasm enters the battlefield tapped. So that is the condition of all of these things. Uh, for a very long time, people were saying that snow was the way to get around original dual lands being <laughs> on the reserve reserves. list and you could use it to print them again. <laughs> they they did didn't it. do that. Well, did they though? They're all <laughs> yeah. commons. They just so put an extra are, line on there. They're not, they're not quite that good. Um, no. But look, I mean, when you start reaching back into older formats, obviously fetch lands can get these. Anything that can, you know, like cultivate or stuff like that, they can find, you know, a forest card can go and find these. You know, Farseed, not cultivate. Yeah, these these, yeah, these yeah, will be going like, straight into for- my pauper cube. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So look, these are uh, kind of in standard. They're probably not great unless snow is a deck. You're better off with just the scry lands. Honestly, they have the same effects. There's probably some corner cases like the card Chewy just read out where it'll let you search for a forest card, in which case, great, and put some of these in. But I mean, the fact that they interplay tapped, you know, is, is a very obvious downside. But yes, snow is then on spells. So there is a card here called Frostbite. It is a snow instant. It costs a single red mana and says Frostbite deals two damage to target creature or planeswalker. If you control three or more snow permanents, it deals three damage instead. So a snow permanent is a thing like a snow-covered mountain. Ta-da! And herein lies the giant thing about snow, <laughs> which, honestly, I don't think we should really get into. No, it let's sucks. not get into it. Let's just end that conversation there. Uh, Arkham's Astrolabe has been printed. Uh, for for what it's worth, Frostbite is a really sweet limited card. I don't know if it's good enough for Constructed, but what I like... It probably is, man. It's just shock with upside. Well, it can't hit players, so... Sure, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but what I really like about this, and and check out the, you know, uh, Scryfall or or the the Magic website, the snow-covered cards actually look like they're snow-covered. Yeah, yeah, uh, for the sort of for the first time ever, like the actual card frame looks like it's got a like dusting of white snow. So, mm. and that's pretty cool. I I think that's a a good add. Yeah, it's cool. So, uh, so a snow covered island is a basic land for for anything that's that's you can re- get it with favorite passage, right? Yep, everything Correct. that's referencing a basic land, you can get a snow covered island, snow covered mountain, snow covered forest, etc. You can't get the dual lands, the they are not basic lands, they do not say basic um, snow land on them. Um, so yeah, you can't get those. Then you've got yeah, the snow there are snow spells. I I don't think know if we've seen anything that actually references uh, like snow spells. There must be something about getting, you know, a snow card out of your graveyard or something like that. Um, and then there are snow permanents. So there are like creatures that are snow creatures. I'm looking at one that's Sculptor of Winter. It's one and a green for a two, two snow creature elf rogue. And it says tap, tap it to untap target snow land. So anything like Frostbite that's counting snow permanents will count your uh, snow covered lands as well as creatures. And if there's any artifacts or anything else that are yeah, there's snow covered. Enchantments as well. Yeah. Uh, now there's a one card other thing I'm with the snow. pretty pumped about in limited is Frost Peak Yeti, which is a three and a blue for a three three, and you can pay one and a snow, and it can't be blocked. Yeah. So, so that was the other thing I was going to say that there are activated abilities that have a little snow symbol. So what what is that? So you, know, you can for those who don't any know. any snow permanent that generates mana. So it doesn't have to be a particular color. Uh, it can be a, an artifact or a land or, or any ability that generates snow mana can be used to uh, activate that ability to pay that cost. So, yep. uh, you know, you might have a mono red deck with a snow-covered island in there just to 
uh, activate the ability of, uh, of of your snow permanent door to turn on your frostbite. So, uh, you know, any sort of weird case like that. So it's, uh, you know, you might have a, you know, a, yeah, a monocolored deck or a two color deck and you might play one of the snow jewels that's off color because the downside of it comes into play tapped land versus the, the ability to turn on your snow spells actually adds some, you know, deck building decisions uh that that are that are real so there's some negatives uh as cracker kind of alluded to with snow but it actually does bring something to the table as far as uh decision making so yep so we saw snow originally that was in ice age and then they yeah. brought it brought it back in cold snap and uh yeah then it was in what one of the modern masters sets that's always yeah, where we saw Arkham Astrolabe, that sort of thing so yeah this is the first time we've seen it in standard since cold snap which is what 20 years ago, nearly something like that. So, maybe 15 uh, years ago, not like, that, not quite yeah, that long ago, 15. but at least 10. Yeah. Yeah. Quite, quite a while. So, yeah, it will be quite interesting. And, and yeah, the card frames do look, look pretty cool. Uh, it'll just be interesting to see how it affects older formats and if they print anything broken that's going to affect any, uh, any older formats as well. The, the problem that I have with it is that <clears throat> you're strictly leaking value by not playing snow basics in every deck in standard now regardless of whether you have snow cards in it or not. And that yeah. sucks. You don't get to choose your basic lens anymore because otherwise you're just giving up information to your opponent. And that's just stupid. Uh, <laughs> they, 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 their key tenant of magic has always been there should be no land better than a basic and snow basics are strictly better than basics. Yeah. I, I think that's one of those things that uh, it probably doesn't matter as much as you you think it does um if somebody is playing snow basics and two three turns into the game you can figure out whether or not they've actually got some snow permanents or not and then you could just switch off that part of your brain and not have to worry about it you know like what am i playing around here they've got snowlands nothing in their strategy has um you know if somebody's playing just all snow basics just to turn on their frostbite or or whatever it might be it depends, you know if the payoffs aren't that great uh in that you know there's this one card that just goes in every deck and dictates that you should play snowlands then uh if that's not the issue then i don't think it's that big of a drama if it's like i just have a deck and i'm playing snowlands like good on you right but if and then if you're playing a snow as an archetype and obviously you want to play them but if you know, something, you know, I don't know, what what's what's a great card in the deck? If all of the new gods, right, were snow gods, right, and you had to go, oh, do they have, you know, the this god or that god, and you had to try to figure that out and, you know, you could get an advantage by your opponent not picking up on what you might have. But I think by limiting things that we've seen so far, and we haven't seen the full set yet, but... You know, if it's like, oh, do I have to play around Frostbite or do I have to play around Shock based on them having basic lands or not? I don't think it's as big of an issue as some people think it actually is. I think it's an issue. 100% I agree with you, but I don't think it's a massive one. All right. Yeah. I think that's all the mechanics. But while we're talking about Snowlands, let's let's cross over in, into some actual previews we want to talk about. One I didn't put on my list, but seeing as we're talking about Snowlands, there's one called Faceless Haven which is a Snowland, uh, and it just taps for a colourless, so that, that colourless would count as Snow Manor for, for what it's worth. But it has pay three Snowflakes, three Snow Manor, 
Uh, Faceless Haven becomes a 4-3 creature with Vigilance and all creature types until end of turn. It's still a land. So we've seen Mutavolt back in the day. It was a a very powerful... Well, it was a a land, and then it was one mana to activate, and it became a 2-2 that was all creature types, and it was pretty handy in uh, decks like uh, Fairies when uh, when we first saw Mutavolt. So... We've obviously seen a lot of synergies between like the party mechanic, um, you know, decks like Rogues, and then obviously this set has a lot of creature themes and things like that. So having a land that can become a 4-3 creature, which is pretty good, with Vigilance, um, that's all creature types, is probably going to be pretty decent, I reckon. Three Three Snow is a relatively steep cost, and if we're talking about a party deck, then... We are talking about probably a multicolor deck, at least a two-color deck. Money, you throw it in elves. Yeah. Right? Yeah, there's there's a, a lot of elf, elf synergy, and or you throw it in, like, giants or something like that. Like, a, I mean, more just, tribal, just, I think. Just throw it in mono-red. You just play all snow, yeah, snow basics sure. and put yeah, one, exactly. or, one or two just, of these in. It's not going not gonna to affect you. So, I, don't, yeah. I don't think you're looking to trigger the party mechanic with it. I think no, it's just, not. like... But it's there as an option. Uh, being all creature types is, is significant, but... Yeah, and I guess the the opportunity cost to to you know borrow that phrase of playing all snow mountains in the mono red example, uh, this is something that you know this deck can this card sorry can uh, can capitalize on. And one, but, one thing while we're still talking about the snow wizards was pretty sneaky. I know last year we we speculated that you know there's probably going to be the snow mechanic returning, and and there was a leak that happened before the end of the year and uh, it looked like one of the activated abilities on the card cost a snow mana and uh, you know everyone's sort of gone up in arms that uh, it was going to be a snow mana and snow was returning and, and wizards came out and said no no look here's the actual card like here's the full preview so you can see this card it is not snow mana it was a zero cost ability and they went no that's not a snowflake that is a zero and then uh, two weeks later, ha, here we go, here's Snow Mechanic. <laughs> well played, Wizards. <laughs> Just classic. So good. They actually did something right for a change. Very, yeah, very and, well you know, a big part of Magic is is bluffing your opponent. <laughs> exactly. And, uh, and, so and Wizards did that to all of us. So yep. GG's, Wizards, you got us. Yep. All right, cool. So let's get into a few more of the previews we want to talk about. So Cracker, do you want to give us one of your cards? Oh, yeah. My first one is called... Egon, God of Death. Uh, it is, is Egon from uh, Ghostbusters. Yes, he did die too. Yeah. So that's yeah, that's a bit sad. Anyway, oh. sorry. <laughs> it's a legendary creature god. It is two and a black for a six six with Death Touch. Thank you for coming. Let's go. <laughs> oh, at the beginning of your upkeep, exile two cards from your graveyard. If you can't sacrifice Egon and draw a card, so even the downside. Pretty great. Yeah, There's a bunch of like sacrifice synergies and drawing a card. I will be getting one for my Marin deck. Uh, it is also a double face card. And the other card, the other side of it is called Throne of Death. It costs black mana. That's it. At the beginning of your upkeep, mill a card. And then for two and a black and tap, exile a creature card from your graveyard, draw a card. This card's amazing. So just... Uh... <laughs> Thinking about the the metal theme of this deck, I, I think Egon, God of Death, as a name is amazing, but if it was like a metal guy with like the, the deep growl, and I won't attempt it, but, you know, <laughs> saying on, this name. Do it, no, do it, no, 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 I do not do Cookie Monster. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. That, that, that would be sweet. And I, as 
in vintage, speaking of, you know, previous sets with snow in them, I played uh, a, a uh, like a black-white Hate Bears style deck in vintage with Jotun Grunt, which was a two-mana 4-4, which had cumulative upkeep, exile, uh, a card from a graveyard. And then, you know, that, then it was two cards and then three cards, etc., etc. And playing that as a 4-4, and this was before Tarmogoyf was printed, by the way, uh, it was you know, a, a real beat stick. So with all of the ways to get stuff into graveyards, particularly in older formats, this card is really good for yeah. like an aggressive uh, an aggressive deck. I, I, I'm excited by this. I love the, the callback to um, Grave Titan being a 6-6 with Death Touch. It's just like, why do we need Death Touch on a 6-6? It's likely to be the biggest thing on the battlefield anyway. <laughs> but, you know, that's fine. Let's let's go. We can give it Trample or something. Uh, so that's the first one that I had on the list. Uh, Chewy, we've talked about one of yours already, but what's another one you got? Uh, Weathered Runestone is, is something that, as an Eldrazi Tron player in modern, I am excited about. Now, look, this... These type of cards are polarizing. So I'll read it. Weathered Runestone, two mana artifact, uh, uncommon. Non-land permanent cards in graveyards and libraries can't enter the battlefield. Players can't cast spells from graveyards or libraries. So you can put creatures into play from your uh, library, but you can't cast them from your library. So there's an important distinction there. But it is these sort of artifacts, you know, things that are, um, you know, uh, Graph Digger's Cage-esque have been, you know, there's a lot of them around in Magic and, you know, they're, they're not sort of new. But this one in particular, I think is good from a, a standard perspective. Maybe this was added to this set because of uh, Uro, but then Uro got banned before this was done. I don't know, but um, <laughs> for for me as an Etron player, the amount of times that I've got a Chalice of the Void on one, and then going, love to get my my uh, uh Diggers Cage. Um, that would be great. But yeah, this gives me more options. So you know, we've got Sorcerer Spyglass and Pithing Needle. So we've got those options to get around our own chalices. This adds that option for. For Etron, and it could also be you know with es- escape cards and, and things like that still getting around in in standard. This is a uh, a real role player would never make a main deck if you're playing this in, in your main deck. Either you are wrong or the formats are very broken. <laughs> but uh, it's a you know like Grafticus Cage in in historic uh, in historic <laughs> yeah. right. But uh, I I think this is a really good card and. Yeah, we'll see play as far back as modern yeah, inside boards, obviously. So I think this is a good add um, and just gives gives us the option without being too powerful. It doesn't have some, you know, other claws tacked onto it where it can, you know, draw a card or something. So it's just, it's honest and, it, you know, it does what it does. And when you need that effect, it, it's there and it's colorless. And yeah, uh, it's just a good, really good add to Magic, uh, I think, as a whole. Um and particularly standard, and will have applications in modern. I'm sure there are other applications, and people building their sideboards will have to consider this card uh, as to you know whether it's uh, better than other options out there. But yeah, from a Tron perspective, I, I like it because yeah, I'm not going to lock it out <laughs> with my own chalice, which you know <laughs> is a real thing. <laughs> 
Nice. So, yeah, what's, uh, what's your next one, Shorty? Uh, so I've, I've gone with a couple of blue cards, which is a little bit odd for me. Well, odd in standard, but uh, probably, uh, Chewy, as Chewie would know, see me play plenty of counter spells in my time. Uh, saw It Coming. I love. I actually love everything about this card. So it's called Saw It Coming. It's one blue blue for an instant, and it just says counter target spell. But then Solid. it has Foretell for one and a blue. So Cracker went through what that is before. So you can... Pay your one and a blue, uh, sorry, pay your two mana to set it aside under, under exile face down so your opponent doesn't know what you've got. It could be a saw it coming. It could be the uh, card we were talking about before, the Behold the Multiverse. And then yep, yeah, you've, you've just got a two mana counter spell. So the majority of the time in a, in a blue deck, you're countering your opponent's spells on their turn. So the being forced to cast this on a later turn once it's foretold is not really an issue. You, you generally want to do that, but... Yeah, this is the the perfect example where turn four you can have, you know, if you have one of these foretold and you have a Behold the Multiverse foretold, your opponent doesn't know what you've got. It could be two of the same. It could be one of each. Who knows? And then depending on what they do, you can either counter their spell or you can scry two and draw two cards. So awesome. I reckon this card's going to be pretty cool. I'm going to have a lot of fun playing with it. But just the art and even the flavor text, like the flavor text is how predictable and the art is just like, someone just like there's a giant trying to looks like it's being summoned like coming through into reality or whatever and the the person in the arts just like meh whatever not even looking at it just hand up meh whatever i saw that how how predictable i saw it coming it's yeah it's classic <laughs> i i love it and this is where this uh, maybe i should have spoke about this when we we're talking about the mechanic itself but this is where paper magic is better than digital magic in that, you know, you've got the opponent across from you. Every time they cast a spell and they know you could have saw it coming, <laughs> you, just, look fl- you it. just look at the card, you just flip it up and you take a look at it and you go, no, you can have that one. It resolves. And, yeah, yeah, exactly. So there's a bit of gamesmanship in it and a bit of enjoyment to be had there. So, I love it. Yeah. And, and it's just... Uh, even more ways to tilt your opponent as a blue mage. I'm, oh, it's I'm gonna, so good. I'm going to look at the cards in my hand. Just wait one second. I'm going to look at my cards that I've foretold. It results. <laughs> no, no, you, you've got to look through your graveyard as well. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Just to be sure. Just, yeah. you, you know, in case you want to cast that Snapcaster Mage and flashback. Oh, <laughs> oh. Exactly, exactly. Uh, so. All right, Cracker, give us another one. Oh, yeah, I've got I've got more. Mine is another. I have just all mono black cards apparently this time. <laughs> this one is called Tegrid God of Fright. It is three black black for a legendary god creature. It is a four five. It has menace and it has a bunch of rules text which seem particularly busted. Whenever an opponent sacrifices a non-token permanent or discards a permanent card, you may put that card from a graveyard onto the battlefield under your control. What? <laughs> Hadn't you heard this one? So I, I sacrificed Fabled Passage. Yeah. yeah. You get Fabled Passage. Yep. And then the other side of it is That's called Tegrid's not- Lantern. Wow. Yeah, it's busted. Um, particularly in Commander. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, unsurprisingly, there's a lot of people mad about it, but I'm just excited. Uh, and then the other side is an enchantment. Uh, sorry, an artifact. It's called Tegrid's Lantern. It is three and a black. And it says, target player loses three life unless they sacrifice a non-land permanent or discard a card. And then for three and a black, you can untap Tegrid's Lantern. So, so once you've got infinite mana in Commander, you just win with this, yeah. right? Yeah, correct. 
I mean, yeah, the, the, it's one of the many ways you can win with infinite mana. But yes, this one, I really like the way they've done these gods yeah, with sweet. having their legendary artifact on the other side. They're, they're all really sweet. I don't know how well they're all going to play out and that kind of stuff. I don't know if this will see a lot of play in standard. It's a five mana, four, five with menace with, you know, upside if you can like make it stick around for a turn. So look, there's definitely some stuff there, but you know, any um, target player sacrifice effects or like you get to play Fleshbag Marauder in an older format where each opponent sacrifices a creature. Seems good with Doom Foretold. Seems, yeah, exactly. There's just like lots and lots of ways you can get value out of this. And the can fact we that just, all of them. Hmm? Can we just touch on the art on this for a second? Which and uh, on the on Tegrid on the showcase art with the you know the the Viking mm-hmm. carving, we saw with the Elspeth Black Saga there was a Phyrexian Negator. There's a Phyrexian Negator in this. Well, <laughs> it's funny you should talk about this. There's, there's actually just there's just Vorinclex. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just so straight up I as mean, a Phyrexian. Maybe maybe they're foretelling. Ba-dum-tsh. Uh, you know, we're going back to Phyrexia or Phyrexia is coming here. So, yeah. I, I just imagine this creature on the battlefield and uh, someone in commando and, and casting all his dust and uh, having yes. each, each player sacrifice all the permanents they can That's incredible. Just, I like yeah. it. I think there's other, a couple of other board wipes that, that make all your opponents sacrifice all their creatures and things. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to have a quick tangent because we haven't had one yet. But Wait, you sure yep. about that? Yeah, no, we've zero tangents so far. So, uh, Phyrexian, right? Uh, no one knows where the Phyrexians come from. That's their whole bit, right? And they just like invade these worlds and, and, and stuff. Um, so if you come to hospital and I work in, in, in healthcare, if you come to a hospital and you got a temperature and they don't know what's called causing it, they, they will, your presenting complaint will be Pyrexia of unknown origin. <laughs> So that, that's literally what will be, that's, that's what they'll say. You know, this dude's got a temperature. We don't know what's causing it. We're investigating it. But your working diagnosis is, is um, uh, PUO. So it's uh, a pretty good, well done wizards with the flavor. Like, so Phyrexia and Phyrexia, not that, not that far apart. And they're, they're a sickness, like a wellspring, et cetera, et cetera. Pretty sweet. Well done, Wizards. Anyway, flavor win. Let's move on. What's your next one, Shorty? Yeah, well, I was going to say, while you're speaking about Phyrexians, and we did mention yeah, that there is a, a random Phyrexian, Vorinclex, and unfortunately, I can't read any of the words because it's printed in Phyrexian. I don't know if, Ooh, you guys have, go. if you guys have seen that, but there's, mm-hmm. a, uh, there's a showcase version of this uh, Praetor, Praetor, however you say that. Yeah, uh, yeah, done in the fancy border with uh, with full Phyrexian writing. So, I'm, well, it's I'm... a it's a commander card. So, Cracker, you should know what it does. What is? What, <laughs> oh yeah, sure. So it's four <laughs> green, green. <laughs> no, go shorty. I'm tipping that uh, that will be worth quite a bit of money. That uh, that specific printing. It's we a saw... reprint, right? No, no, this is not. This is a new version no. of Vorinclex. Yeah. Oh, yes. Okay. Right. We saw the Phyrexian text. Was it an Elish Norm? Yes. Yeah, it was. And, gas. And, uh, judge promo that was worth quite yes. a bit of money. Lots of money. But yeah, there is a, yeah, Vorinclex Monstrous Raider, four green green, legendary creature Phyrexian Praetor for 6-6. Six, six. Uh, it's got Trample and Haste, so six mana, 6-6, six, six, Trample, Haste. Seems pretty good. Uh, if you would put one or more counters on a permanent or player, uh, a la Infect, uh, put twice that many of each of those kinds of counters on that permanent or player instead. Uh, and if, if an opponent would put one or more counters on a permanent or player, they put half that many of each of those kinds of counters on that permanent or player instead, rounded down. 
interesting card. We won't go right into it, but yeah, potentially we may be getting Infect at some point, or maybe it's just here for Commander players, who knows, but it, it has just... some interesting effects, especially in Commander uh, with op- opponents' Planeswalkers. Um, they can't they can't plus one their their planeswalkers anymore and, and go up in counters because half of one minus uh, rounded down is zero. They still get the effect, yeah, but they don't get the counter. They don't get the loyalty counter. But take that attractor. I mean, also it's just doubling season on your own stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. that's apparently not, not it's worded quite. slightly you, differently. It is, but, but I mean, similar it, it does give you, uh, yeah, a lot of extra value for sure. Yep. Yeah, cool. All right. That was not on my list, so Chewy, what's... Uh, I'm going to talk yeah. about the World Tree, which is a <laughs> land somehow not legendary, but, you know, main card from the story arc that's not legendary, but yeah, whatever. Yeah, came out with some reason for it, that they don't like to have legendary lands anymore or something. and Makes no sense. But anyway, uh, so it's a land that enters Battlefield tapped and adds a green, and it says, as long as you control six or more lands... Lands you control have tap add one mana of any color. Pretty sweet. Straight into my five color commander deck and every other five color commander deck around the world. And then it also has door to nothingness mana or uh, progenitus mana, mana, which is two of every color. Double Wooberg. Yep, double Wooberg. Uh, and this tap sack. Uh, so you need a minimum of like 11 lands. <laughs> yeah. Um, or 11 mana. Uh, sacrifice the world tree. Search your library for any number of god cards. Put them into the battlefield and shuffle your library. So you can, you know, there's a commander deck right there. Uh, it's 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 a strictly casual card. This absolutely, I don't in I don't expect to see this play in standard. Uh, it oh, beyond- it'll, see, it'll see play in standard in the janky deck that I'm going to build for the early access stream. Well. Nice. <laughs> I mean, that that middle paragraph, as long as you control six or more land, add one mana of any color, it's worth playing for that. Yeah. Uh, but that, that last activated ability, you know, if you just want to put all the gods into play, have at it. That, that's fine. But it's a, uh, it's a very, very cool card and it's beautiful. The art on it is, is amazing. And... I'm not sure if there's like an extended art version of this or, or, or anything. There should be if there isn't. But there is a card that I don't have a tab open for, but it you can replace the creature type. Yeah, I'm of, looking at it now. So Mask Wood Nexus. So it's a, a yeah. four mana artifact, so four generic. And it says creatures you control are every creature type. The same is true for creature spells you control and creature cards you own that aren't on the battlefield. So every creature in your deck is every creature type, which makes every creature a god. So when you sacrifice the world tree, you can go and get every creature out of your deck and put onto the battlefield. And and that's what I will be building for early access because that sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah. It also so you has... just go and get that dragon, that... Um... Terror yeah. of the Peaks. Yeah, get Terror, Terror of the, the Peaks right? and a whole bunch of other yeah. stuff and then, and then just win that way. Yeah, um, it's, it's also cool. got... That, the artifact also has uh, three tap, create a 2-2 blue shapeshifter creature token with changeling. So... Yeah, it could keep you alive by creating this stream of blockers until you get to the World Tree Manor. And, uh, yeah, I think it's uh, it's cute, and I think it's definitely commander viable, uh, and, um, yeah, it's uh, it'll be a bit of fun. Yep. So I, I, I like the card. I think it's really flavorful uh, for this set, and the art is super cool, um, and I think it's appropriately costed for the effect that you get. So, yep. Well done. Cracker, you've got one more on your list. 
What's that one? I do. This one is called Burning Rune Demon. It is for Black Black for a 6-6. Six, six. I'm a big fan of things that have 6-6 six, six power. <laughs> <laughs> Flying. When Burning Rune Demon enters the battlefield, you may search your library for exactly two cards not named Burning Rune Demon that have different names. If you do, reveal those cards. An opponent chooses one of them. Put the chosen card into your hand and the other into your graveyard. Then shuffle your library. I don't know what else to say about this. It's just it's double demonic tutor. So no, well this is on like a, a mini gift, right? Six, six, yeah, yeah it, 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 it actually is. It's it's like a mini gift I'm given, which was I mean a four mana instant. Yeah, obviously you could look for four cards, six six mana sorcery speed creature. Yeah, but you get a six six flying demon out of it as well. Yeah, the, the, the you funny can thing go is and get- you can't go looking for more of this guy. But, um, and, and that's fine, but you can go and get this is a regrowth that's also a land. What's that called? Anyway, Balaged Recovery. Yeah. And the card that you want. Simple, right? Then, you know, you mm-hmm. can just uh, you get it either way. Uh, or you just go and get two removal spells or, or whatever it might be. So, yeah, this is very interesting and I like it. And again, cool art. Yeah, I was just about to say the art thing. is bananas with like <laughs> it looks like Voldemort in the background, right? Yeah. With like a giant <laughs> flying skull and a snake and things. It's like and- the Warhammer um Bloodthirster meets yeah, meets yeah, Voldemort. Voldemort in the yeah, meets um, you know, like something with a big axe. Like it yeah, it's it, it's pretty cool. Yep. Alright, one last card I want to go through is uh Valky God of Lies. So this is Did you a, say Loki? No, I said Valky. It's oh, not, I thought I you mean, said it, Loki. It is, it is Loki. It is. I mean, we've seen there's a whole bunch of others we're not going to go through, but uh, there, there is all the all the tropes, you know, the the Thors and all that sort of stuff in here as well. So, uh, yeah, this one is the Loki. So it is one and a black for a two one legendary creature god, and it says when Valky enters a battlefield, each opponent reveals their hand. For each opponent, uh, again worded each opponent, so obviously target a little bit of commander, but for each opponent. Exile a creature card they revealed this way until Valky leaves the battlefield. So you get to... It's not Duress. What is the one where you can take creatures from their hand? I can't remember what that is, but you get to look Despise, at your opponent's hand, take a, maybe. Take, a, take a creature card. You know, worst case, they've got no creatures and you just get to look at their hand. So that's okay. Two mana, two one. And then it has uh, pay X. Choose a creature card exiled with Valky. With converted mana cost X, Valky becomes a copy of that card. So... The thing with this ability is it's an instant st- speed ability. So you can play Valky on turn two and you get to look at their hand, see what's going on, potentially snag their turn two or turn three play. Pretty handy. And then if they don't remove Valky, you know, if, if you were to look at their hand and take, say, a, uh, a Lovestruck Beast, you can then turn your 2-1 into a 5-5. Seems pretty good. Or you play Valky later on when you've got a little bit more mana and you can play it take something from their hand and then if they try and kill Valky to get the card back you can transform it into whatever the card is that you took and once it's been changed into that uh, creature it loses that ability to put it back into their hand so they, they don't get the card back which is interesting to note. I like the sure? love bug- is it not still Valky? Well it says Valky becomes a copy of that card which should mm. change its name. Yeah, it does. It's just a matter of when Valky leaves the battlefield into the graveyard, it becomes Valky again, whether there's some timing thing there. I yeah. don't know. Judge. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that one will need like actual have, judging uh, yeah, or yeah, actual like proper Oracle text, oracle text kind of stuff. Yeah. What what I like about it though, Shorty, is yeah, using Lovestruck Beast as an example, you can attack, right? 
and then after you've attacked because you you don't have a one one. Yeah. You know, before damage, make this a five five. Yeah, yeah. Or depending on if they block or, or whatever. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the other I side of this. It. So this is one of the uh, the MDFCs. Is old mate Tibalt. We uh, we got spoiled a little bit in the uh, trailer that they released, where the subtitles actually said that it was Tibalt laughing <laughs> at the end. So that was that was a bit of a whoopsie. But uh, yeah, we have Tibalt Cosmic Imposter, and he's five black red for a five loyalty Tibalt Planeswalker. And it has as Tibalt enters the battlefield, you get an emblem with. You may play cards exiled with Tibalt Cosmic Imposter, and you may spend mana as though it were mana of any color to cast those spells. So the interesting thing with this is you get that emblem straight away. You, you're generally only getting emblems from your Planeswalkers when you're ultimating them, but this comes in emblem straight away. Is this the first Planeswalker that has given us an emblem right away? Like I think so. Gideon, Gideon had the us... zero, I think it was, that gave you an emblem. Yeah, and everybody gets, you know, you get a glorious anthem. Yeah. But this one is a comes into playability, right? Yeah, so, yeah. Enters yeah. the battlefield, get get an emblem. So that means that even if Tibalt dies, if you've managed to exile any cards with him, you still throughout the rest of the game can cast them and cast them with uh, manner of any color. But yeah, he has plus two exile the top card of each player's library. So straight away, seven mana. You play it. It goes to seven loyalty. You've effectively drawn two cards that you have access to for the rest of the game that you can cast for any mana. Pretty good. Uh, minus three exile target artifact or creature. Again, you can cast uh, that artifact or creature for the rest of the game. And minus eight, which is not hard to get to with uh, plus two in each turn. Exile all cards from all graveyards. Add red, red, red. So obviously seven mana, you're playing this pretty late in the game. So exiling all the cards in all the graveyards, you're probably going to get access to a lot of cards. And it's going to be interesting to see how Arena handles this because I'm assuming that all the cards will, like... You know, like when you put cards on adventure, they show off up to the side of your hand. Are you just suddenly going to have, like if you've got 40 cards in your graveyard, your opponent's got 40 cards in their graveyard, do you suddenly have a hand that's like 90 or 85 cards? <laughs> Something like that. It's going to be interesting managing it as well because like things are going to exile frequently. Yeah. And not from Tibalt. And so like normally you have a like standard exile zone yeah you're gonna have to exile arena. things and put them under well like in paper you would put them under yeah, you would just tuck it underneath like you do with karma yeah but anyway. so i don't know how they're gonna manage it but what i would do is when you activate this ability from tibalt uh you would look at the exiled pile and certain cards would be highlighted and others would be like effectively grayed out that's yeah, how i'd sense. code it but uh, yeah I, I would assume yeah, that they would probably right. like if they're gonna put them in your hand like show up to the side of your hand, then like adventure. Yeah, yeah then it, it will only show up the cards that have been exiled by Tibalt. So that that makes yeah. it easy. Yeah, and it might just bring them to into focus in that sense when you activate it. So yeah, yeah, I I like this card a lot. It's its yeah, own it's cool. engine, and that's what you want. If you if you're paying seven mana for something, you want it to be able to win the game on its own, right? Yeah, and and he doesn't win the game on the spot, but he certainly uh yeah goes a long way for that. Yeah, one one thing to note, uh, I don't know if you were going to say this, Cracker, but we didn't mention with the, the MDFCs, now that we have like legendary creatures that are permanents on both sides, you can have uh, like Valky as your commander, but you can cast either side. Uh, you, you still incur the regular commander tax, no matter which side you cast, uh, but yeah, you can have it, you can have Valky as your commander, but you can cast it as Tibalt for Tibalt's cost. 
um, from your command zone. Correct. And it, it means you have a Rakdos deck at that point as yeah. well. So even though Valky is mono black, because Tybalt is uh, Rakdos, then you can do both. Um, yeah, look, I, I think this card is great. Uh, the card I think we might have been thinking was Brain Maggot, was um, uh, like a two mana one one where you could like effectively steal a card. A non-land permanent from your opponent's hand. Uh, yeah, like the Tide Hollow Skuller type. Yeah, that yeah, kind of yeah, effect. Yeah, so, look, yeah. they're, they're really good. And look, like I said before, all these gods, I mean, Valky is the only one that turns into a Planeswalker. The rest all turn into an artifact of some description, but they all seem, like, really good. They're and cool. the, the, the whole double-faced thing means, you know, you've got plays on different turns. So, And you can play multiples of them. You can easily put four of them into your deck, which we talked about previously. Yes, but yeah. definitely. Um, Shorty, you mentioned when I was talking about the World Tree that you were going to uh, put that into a deck for what event? Uh, early access. So, yeah, as as we've done for the last, what, like four sets now, I think we've been, maybe three, we've uh, been involved in the streamer early access event that uh, that Wizard put, Wizards puts on. So that'll be in two weeks on Thursday, the 28th of January. And uh, yeah, I'm, uh, unfortunately, I can't take the day off work this time and I'm not sure how the other guys are going to go, but we'll definitely be streaming from pretty much as soon as somebody knocks off work and yeah, streaming to, into late in the evening and uh, yeah, be uh, firing off these new cards, seeing how they go, seeing what sort of cool decks we can build. So if you're out there listening and you've got some crazy ideas going on uh, with all these new cards you're seeing, then uh, yeah, post them in the Discord and we'll keep track of them somewhere. We'll, uh, we'll put them into Goldfish or something and, and keep them there because uh, yeah, it's a sort of event where you want to be playing fun, crazy off-the-wall decks. It's it's not about winning, it's about showcasing the new cards and having a bit of fun. You so. don't want to be playing Mono Red, do you? <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, I beat Andre Mangucci with that mono red deck. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, I was trying to do something cool with a new card. I just never saw that card. <laughs> I, I, I know, I know. But it's a, uh, but I, I really enjoy that. And Wizards give us like a VIP account that has like all the wild cards and all the gems yeah, and yeah, such. It, so, it is a lot of fun just cracking heaps of packs just for the sake of it. <laughs> oh, it's it's joyous. Yes. But yeah, so but what that does is it lets us build anything. So yep. if you've got, you know, the most like left field off the wall deck possible that uses some janky interaction, then let Shorty know. If you've got a good deck, let me know. And <laughs> and if you've we'll... got a graveyard deck, let me know. If it has <laughs> exactly. no basics, get lost. Yeah. 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 Yeah, exactly. ideally something that's trying to showcase some of the new cards. Uh, we, we don't really want a, a decks that are already sort of entrenched in standard just adding a, a couple of cards. We want we want something built around the mechanics and, and things of the new set. So I think last time we played a few rogues decks and clerics decks and things like that that were given to us by uh, various members of our Discord. So it'd be pretty cool to do that again. So yeah, that'll be coming up on January the 28th. Keep an eye out for that. Should be uh, a lot of fun. All right, well, uh, this has been quite a long episode. I'm going to have a lot of fun editing this one, so it's going to be a very late night, but is what it is. Let's do the uh, the usual wrap-up. So, yeah, Sorry, you... not sorry. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, it's okay. It's, a, it's the first episode for the year, the, the first official one, so that's fine. Yeah, if you want to get in on our sweet event, so as we said, we've got the historic event coming up in a few weeks and then the first Kaldheim League and make your way into the Magic Beans Invitational 
then uh, yeah, you want to be in our Discord. So the link for that is always in our show notes or on our Facebook or Twitter. So just go and find that, join our Discord, come and join the awesome community we've got going on in there and say hello and give us some deck ideas. Uh, if you want to show us some support, you can head to our merch store and pick up some sweet hoodies and T-shirts and, and things like that. We are in the process of looking at changing the store and, and finding somewhere a bit more local to Australia. So keep an eye out for that. We, uh, we want to give a big shout out as always, to Josh and Pat's MTG Bazaar. Go and look them up on Facebook. Join the group and check out all their daily auctions. You can find us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, and Twitter. Just search for Magic Beans Cast, and you'll find us in all those places. If you want to find me on Twitter, I am at Peace Inc. Chewy, you are? At Chewy MTG. And Cracker? At Joel Hill underscore. Very good. So that'll do us for this week. Stay safe out there. Thank you for listening as always, and we'll see you next time. 